0: Welcome to This Epic Life, the podcast. In this episode, you will be hearing from the CEO of Epic Education, Dr. Nancy Dome, talking with our guest, Patricia Prado-Olmos, who sits as the current Vice President of Community Engagement for CSU San
1: Marcos. Well, thank you, Patricia, for agreeing to join us for This Epic Life, um, for the conversation. Um, it's It's such a pleasure to reconnect with you. It's been too long, and... I'm glad that um, that I have this reason to connect with you. Uh, and I'll share with our audience that, um, you know, just how integral you were in my, getting my doctorate in the first place and being willing to sit down and, as my external chair and just what an influence you were as, as for me as a young faculty member, you know, kind of, getting into higher ed and how much I just admire you and all the work that you do and and what you stand for. So this is a a huge privilege for me to be able to, to get to interview you a little bit and have a conversation. So thank you for joining us.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a true pleasure and great to reconnect.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, great. So Patricia, can you, um, can you, um, well, first tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about um, who you are and what, and what you do at Cal State San Marcos.
0: Sure. Happy to. So um, I have been at Cal State San Marcos since 1997. It was my third institution. I had had a, a teaching position at the University of Houston, Clear Lake, and then I went to Pomona College for a couple of years. Um, I earned my doctorate from UC uh, Santa Barbara in um, 1993, must have been about 93, um, in educational psychology. And I kind of fell into academia because when I was an undergraduate, um, I fell in love with psychology and trying to understand how people made sense of the world. And education had been a passion because my uh, mom had been a teacher and my parents had really pushed us to. go beyond high school and go into college. And I remember as um, a middle school student, I must have been in seventh grade at the being at the library one time and picking up a book and learning and reading about um, teachers who were working in migrant worker camps. And I thought, that's really cool. They're, they're making a difference. And I wanted to do something like that. I never achieved that. Like I never went to work in migrant camps, but I found my pathway into public higher ed, which is about transforming lives of those first in their family to seek a degree. Um, in my own family, I wasn't the first, but I was the first of five, our five children, the five children in my family to go on and the first in our larger family to go on. So that, um, desire for change, that desire for, um, Wanting to make a difference and seeing education as a pathway is long lived in my family. So when I had the opportunity to come to Cal State San Marcos as a public institution, I I took the opportunity. And I've been able to be there and crafting a career at a young institution. We're barely 30 years old. So being able to create and move and stay connected to community is... um, Something that's kept me at San Marcos and um, which continues to be intriguing, um, being able to do those those kinds of new things with community in that environment.
1: Yeah, thank you. And 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 you have a position change since the last time I saw you. So you know we were we were faculty together. You were right. a, a, a full time you know tenure track faculty, and now you are the uh, vice president of community engagement. So. Um, Talk a little bit about that, that kind of evolution for you, because that's happened, what, in the last eight years, huh? Eight. Years.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So when I came to Cal State San Marcos, it was as an assistant professor, loved teaching, loved the classroom. I just so enjoyed working with um, anybody who wanted to learn. And, and the area was in cultural diversity and in teacher preparation and teacher leadership. Um, and, but one of the things that fueled my passion was creating. Um, Starting new programs, um, working with schools to respond to whatever needs their teachers had and their students had. And so, um, sort of fell into this pathway of taking on more and more administrative leadership roles. Um, Became an associate dean, then the interim dean, and then was stepping back into the faculty. I was actually retreating back to faculty when um, I was offered the opportunity to go work in the division of community engagement at Cal State San Marcos. Uh, Community engagement at Cal State San Marcos um, grew from the very beginning. Uh, We were from the very first um, community members were at the tables helping us to develop programs and respond to what community needed and what students in the community um, needed. So Uh, President Haynes at the time put all that together and crafted the Division of Community Engagement, which is the only one of its kind in the whole of CSU. I was gonna ask, yeah. Yeah, so it's about creating um, and naming the Cal State San Marcos as an anchor institution, meaning that we are deeply embedded in community and working with community in partnerships that are mutually beneficial. So it's not just the the university coming and promoting, having faculty like go do research, their own faculty-driven research in community, but rather it's working collaboratively with community agencies, community groups, to name what it is that would actually advance the community along their own trajectory. Community knows itself best, and so we're there to help and support what it is community wants and needs. And so that kind of, and, and we gain a lot. We gain places for our students to learn, for our students to um, engage, for all these different benefits that come to the university. And then we're building the next group of students to come to us as our own students. Mm-hmm. So um, I went over to community engagement, started working there part-time to build up a program called the Alliance to Accelerate Excellence in Education. And it, that um, alliance, which is all donor funded, we got a grant was to craft um, deeper relationships with t- um, regional school districts. Mm-hmm. So through a number, through the, the main lever is um, guaranteed admission. And we developed programming to support the schools and what they wanted to do and call it in, to prepare their students for college so that we could accept them. And they come to us, great. They go anywhere, great. Okay. The president's, President Haynes aim at the time was to raise the educational attainment rate of the region, which Mm -hmm. is where we started to put our efforts. So um, I built that up and then um, stepped into the vice presidency when the founding vice president retired. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. It speaks to everything that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. in higher ed, connect to community, create change, respond, take, um, take faculty, take students, take everyone out of we're not an ivory tower we are not isolated we are integral and part of the quilt of of the fabric of the community and that's what we need to be whether it's um, economic development or um, engagement with teachers with schools with different community agencies we are there part and parcel Um, my aim has been to be at a meeting when any CSUSM representative comes in and they say, okay, CSUSM is here. Let's get this meeting started because yeah. we're that kind of partner.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And, and and really just living the work of like this, this is equity. When I think about right. equity and the things that, you know, the, the mission of the College of Education when, it, when there was a College of Education and all the work that we were trying to achieve, it really was about how do we reach our communities and get our, our local students to be able to re- be ready and, and not just in, in the name, but to actually be ready for higher education should they choose. Right. And, and right. for me, it's always been about, n- not everyone has to go to college, but every student should be able to go if they right. choose to go. Right. Um, right. That's amazing. That's, that's really great. um yeah. So, so is it, is it separate? Is it a separate piece from the university? How, how does
0: that, how does it work? No, so we're, I mean, we're part and parcel of the university. So as a vice president, I sit at the executive leadership table with the president. Okay. And so every, with um, with the voice of the VP for community engagement at the table, then the community voice is always represented. Got it. Right? And so everything that we do, I, I'll always say, okay, so which community members are we trying to reach? Where are we trying to go? What's the long-term? What's the short-term? What's the impact okay. for
1: them? Awesome. So then really, I mean, you, you are in, in, in a really unique position to talk about what's mm-hmm. happening now with COVID, right? And, and yeah. how, um, because we, we are interested to know, like, how are our students faring um, with the pandemic and what 's going on, and how you know we they 're talking about uh, the inequities that have come up, but mm-hmm. we, these are they didn 't just come up they just yeah. became visible right, right. and right. so um, what have you seen what you know how, um, how do you suspect the community um, has been impacted your community up there has been impacted by um, the pandemic as it relates to the, the students that you're serving?
0: Right. So um, the majority of our students, well, yeah, like 50%, more than 50% of the last few graduating classes have been the first in their family to earn a four-year degree. Wow. Right. So we know this is a, a, certain, a certain population that has a lot of talent, has a lot of innovation, has a lot of drive. Mm-hmm. And they're working really, really hard. Right. Um, we know that this has made things harder. Yeah. I mean, we know that. We did a survey of our students and we got like a 30 or 40% return rate on that survey. Mm-hmm. And the students told us that moving to an online education was not their first choice. Yeah. And they were having connectivity problems. They, yes. they had technological tool challenges. So we responded and you know, rallied and got tools out to them and did everything that we could. We don't know what we're gonna be doing for fall. We don't know what the public health um, outlook will be, but we are preparing to try and support students as much as possible. You know, do we try and work to keep certain labs open, computer mm-hmm. labs open? How do we get hotspots? How do we work with our internet providers in the region to make sure that there is affordable internet but then we also have we serve some rural areas at cal state san marcos you know you go into east county san diego or even with our tribal partners and there are not going to be that there's not going to be the infrastructure needed to right. get the connectivity available to them yeah. so then if that's not possible are there other kind of centers that we can start to work with other partners to at least make available where there is connectivity. You know, we mm-hmm. were, you know, can we work with a county library system mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form to help them be open, but keeping people safe, right? You know, their employees, anybody who comes in the general public, we don't know what's possible. Yeah. So, and that's, and it's, and it's so hard to plan because things change every day. You know, there's this new set of orders for every state or every County every week. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is just a small microcosm of, of other things. You know, you know the unemployment numbers, you know where people are not working. And yeah. that's our students. Those yeah. are their families. And so we're concerned for them being able to come back, both continuing yeah. and new students and understanding that the investment in themselves even now is yeah. the best investment they can make.
1: Right. Right. And especially yeah, if you're talking, you know, and if we're talking about first generation, right, mm-hmm. um, then they're, they're still in that process of learning the value, right? Right. They, they can see it and, and they, they know it's there, but it isn't quite maybe tangible yet um, for them. And so I do worry about, worry about you know, kids who just like it's, well, we need to go back to work now because we need to support the family. You know, we need to help out that right. way. Um, and right. then all this, you know, you, you've, you've demonstrated through your programming that we are missing out regularly on some of our best and brightest because they don't have access, right? Right. And so here we are again in this cycle and I think we have an opportunity to respond differently to keep them engaged. Right. And I think it's our obligation actually.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, this is why I went into public higher ed. It's like no matter the barriers, let's figure this out. Because take a look, I mean, I I don't know who's talking about this, I haven't seen much about this, but like I'm working, I'm still working full time, right? right? I have that privilege to be able to work remotely, and why is it? Because I have advanced degrees. Yes, and so there is if if people if you can see the security, and and opportunity provided by attaining those degrees, even in this environment, absolutely, right? We have not reached that point of. Of economic hardship, where you're you're starting to see mm-hmm. those, um, you know, more professional uh, jobs being lost. Right. Yeah. We saw it was those jobs that lived on the razor's edge that disappeared first. That's right.
1: Well, but, and then and then you have the other part of it. You know, I saw this headline that kind of was disturbing, but it really made me think. And it says essential, or expendable, or both. Right. Right. And so being in those roles and, and so, and, and, and again, for me, it's about choice. And, and I think that as I, as I think about the work that I've been driven to do, it's always about how many of our kids end up in these positions because they haven't had a choice. And if you choose to be there, that's one thing, but if you've never been given the opportunity to do something different, then, then I feel like that's our responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that That is, what, you know, something, and I don't know if you had to deal with this, um, it never dawned on me um, was looking at how many homeless students who were in college who once the campus is closed um, had nowhere to go. Like right. it was just something, and, and you you don't think about, like college is not only that opportunity to change your circumstances, but it's also literally your home.
0: Right, yeah, right. You're and saving so, your life, right. Yeah. Just, so we're still... We had to clear out our housing, mm-hmm. but we, I think we still have maybe just under 100 students because there was no other choice. Yes. And so we're, we weren't going to throw them out on the street. Mm-hmm. Right? That, would, <laughs> that was so wrong. It would be immoral to do that. Yes. So we, made, we got the appropriate supports, and they have their resident advisors. They have everything that they need. Now, it's a little bit harder because um, all of the food services are closed. Right we're still trying to facilitate and making sure they're healthy and they're safe.
1: Yeah. Well, that's powerful because I think of how many, I mean, I read it unfortunately because so many institutions kicked them out regardless and and didn't make um, accommodations for them or support. And and not all of them, of course, but there were plenty that did where these kids are now finding themselves literally on the streets during this time. Yeah. Hmm. Um, So let's see. What do do you think are some of the lasting effects um, uh, you suspect that you'll see due to this?
0: So I, so they're going to be both some positive and negatives, right? Because we have let, you know, the figure of speech is let the genies out of the bottles. Mm. Um, But, and they're not, you know, there are some changes that um, we're going to continue. So um, we have all, we have kept a major public university open through remote work. Mm-hmm. that that is innovative that yeah. is different so what opportunities when we have time to breathe and mm-hmm. assess what's happening and not react so much what opportunities are we going to have because we were able to do that Yes. Right? so where where else can we expand mm-hmm. and um push out our reach to other students who may want to be coming not just those in our region right or other kinds of workers right are you know we've pulled from from everybody and every We resisted um, some telecommuting, <laughs> but you know what? May, maybe some of it can, it can, it can really work. Uh-huh. Right? And what, what other things are people able to do? So maybe we can have more part-time people because they've got other responsibilities. I mean, this may be a different opening for um, people who couldn't, who had Children to take care. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe there's other ways to draw on different talent into Mm. the university. So there's one thing Um, I also think that um, We have we're working really really hard to support faculty in creating true online learning environments Not just learning in a virtual environment, Right. right? So who knows what other kinds of teaching tools or lab experiences or other kinds of things can come out of this. And imagine if you can do, um, learn how to do research, technical research in a lab through an online learning environment, what that may do for rural education. Yeah. We just don't know those kinds of developments that may come out of this. Um, on the other hand, mm-hmm. uh, trans pushing, uh, you know, we're one thing. Right. We're one thing. We're a a contained system. But when you're talking about K-12 schooling across the country being online, I don't know what that means for the neediest and um, most vulnerable populations quite yet. You know, those students who thrived with those learning styles that thrived on social interaction and creating knowledge together and how they're, what this is going to do. And, and we don't know how long, I mean, really until a vaccine and we're all vaccinated, how many months is that away? So how will we continue to support learning for those most vulnerable populations? I worry, I worry about where we're gonna be in 18 months
1: yeah.
0: and where will we're gonna see gaps in knowledge base Um, And will we be able to recognize the resiliency, the talents, the skill sets that those kids developed in this time, but now we're not quite recognized by school?
1: Right, right. Because Um, we can't measure it in the content, right? But but what are those other kind of soft skills that they had to develop to do it? Right. Um, It is interesting. I, you know, I've I've mentored um, some kids for the last six years They're now in their first and respectively second years of college. And, um, my boy is, um, he's at Sonoma State. And, uh, he, I talked to him yesterday and I'm like, how's it going? And he, he, he's like, it's horrible. And, yeah. I, I said, why? And he said, because he goes, I, I, and he has an active IEP, you know, and he's like, you know, he, th- and the, the, the transition from the first semester where he thrived because him being on campus and his ability to navigate i mean it was powerful he had a schedule he he knew how to do it and now there's 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 no structure and he right. he's failing two of his courses and um and he actually said to me that if they go next year um if they stay online that he's going to take the semester off yeah. um because he already knows and and for me i was so proud of him just because i i started mentoring him when he's 14 and that would not have been a choice he would have made when he was 14, you know, but so to see his maturity and his self-knowledge of himself to say, like this is not a productive environment for me, but that is, I mean, that's a real concern for how many of our kids who this just doesn't work for. Right. Um, and, or the way we're doing it because, you know, another thing that um, I've come across and you, you touched on it with faculty, um, you know, we're supporting K-12 and I am astounded at how many, K-12 educators can outside of checking their email cannot Function online and yet they're being called to deliver and our alt-ed programs Are the ones where they've actually decided people they've allowed teachers who do not feel comfortable going online to actually not teach the kids So what happens to that? You know what I mean? It's like I when I hear that I'm, I'm like So what what are you doing? You know, well, they're just not getting anything. So for how so they're not getting anything Adult yeah. ed, alt ed, nothing, you know, for this time frame, because the teachers don't feel competent. And I think, that, again, another shortcoming of just um, how short-sighted um, education was. When I, when I was in court schools, they gave us computers and before we could get them, they made us train. They, like you right. had to learn how to use them. Well, somewhere in that time frame, that was no longer a requirement. And there was an assumption that people just knew how to do it. And what we're finding out now is that they have no idea how to use a technology. So if I can't teach you, if I don't know how to use it as your teacher, how do I support you as a, as a student user? Right,
0: as a learner, right? And yeah. who, who, we don't know, I think some of the, you're right, you're hitting on so many things. El, every bit of the digital divide is alive and well. Yes. Right, every bit of the equity gaps that I think those, those may be exacerbated when we go back because those are measured by static tests. Mm-hmm. And we're not getting we're not teaching that knowledge right now, and so right. get, the kids are just coming further and further apart. You, I mean, you're right this is this is astounding. The fact that we are all trying to teach online is astounding.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's next? Mm-hmm. Well um, okay, so um, the community the the community, how have they responded to 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 support you and what you're doing?
0: So our partners have been great. I mean, we, you know, they knew, well, let, let me say with this. We're all, we cannot come out of this unless we're all working together. Yeah. And anytime I've done outreach on behalf of Cal State San Marcos, you know, I've had phone calls just trying to touch base, um, sharing information. We're all there. Um, yeah. well, I have been pushing our team to be thinking about economic recovery. And what is our role? How are we going to step into our leadership role as an anchor institution? Mm-hmm. So I'm staying on top of things, making sure that um, we're at various tables and looking at these, um, at plans, at um, initiatives. Uh, the stimulus funding is going to really help. Yeah. Um, and it's about now the next step is kind of about, well, with, you know, different states funding, how are we going to prioritize education? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and economic recovery because they go they go together. Yeah. And um I think people in San Diego County really see that and understand that. Um so it, it's been good. I you, some of the things that my team is working on particularly for fall since we don't know how if we will be on campus, will be virtual or a combination is that we had um engaged community engaged learning is a signature piece of an education at Cal State San Marcos. And so it, what is that going to look like? Cause yeah. we partner with a lot of nonprofit agencies who work with vulnerable communities. Yeah. And a lot of that will have to remain face to face. So, and, yeah. and our partners rely on interns and people who are doing service yeah. learning.
1: Yeah.
0: How can we create conditions where our students will be safe right. in going out to engage? Cause the needy, everybody who needs those services, there's going to be more, yeah. right? There's going to be more people. And so the need for our students, the opportunity for our students to learn and um, work in community is definitely there, but can, are we going to be able to do it? And I don't know. I mean, I have my team thinking about that, looking, talking with others, trying to figure out, do we, do we, are we going to have to provide PPE? Are we going to have to provide these kinds of things? we, What standards are we going to expect our partners to meet for our students to be safe working with them? And then, and also we have to acknowledge that some students and some individuals just may simply not feel safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know, we don't know their circumstances. You know, I live with my parents, they're a vulnerable population, so I'm very careful about yeah. where I go and what I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to be that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you know it, there's there's so much unknown. I hear people talking about going back to normal and I just I don't even know that that's yeah, ever going to be possible. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a lot of trial and error um to see what works and what doesn't work uh but I think keeping our priorities Um, Is going to be the most important thing Mm -hmm. like setting those priorities and make sure that as we're setting them that we're not in this reactionary place but that we're really responding to What our students need and what the community needs so that we're so our, our priorities don't get kind of distorted because I can see you know, when I'm watching what people are choosing to bring back and how they're choosing and, and the emphasis they're making. And I'm like, do, are we really, like, there's so much information out there. And what we know is that if we teach kids how to learn, they'll figure out what they've missed. They'll get that information. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, you know, this notion of trying to hit 175 standards, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, you'd be testing right now, like, what what can we do to ensure that their social emotional health is is Mm -hmm. is is strong and that they and that um, what they're getting what they need so that they can come back next year and and you know dive in wherever they need to so right um, it's an interesting time
0: yeah yeah it really I mean who would have thought I mean our world changed in the space of eight weeks yeah it's just stunning
1: and and stunning and we oh I won't speak for we I'll say I I would have never imagined it like I I don't think that I could have imagined it you know, no. So
0: no, this is science fiction, right? This is something in <laughs> Stephen King. It's like, really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. well, Patricia. Thank you so much for um, just sharing your your wisdom and your thoughts, and um, for allowing me uh, the ability to reconnect for a minute. Uh, yeah. Um, and and thanks for what you do. You know, I think that that I I love that you're the first. I hope that uh, Sam Marcus is not the last, and but, that you become. Um, you know, this, this kind of uh, model program to see what's possible. Because I think that, you know, that, that community home bridge in education, whether it's higher ed or K-12 is something that's missed um, kind of across the board. And so to see you doing this work and to see it be successful, hopefully other, others will look. Um, but that's not the first, you know, San Marcos has always been a leader for, yeah. for thinking outside of the box and doing some some cool stuff yeah with education so
0: yeah i think we do well thanks again i'm glad for your work and glad that you are doing this kind of stuff and getting information out there and talking to people and really honored to have been part of it so thank you
1: oh my pleasure well we hope to have you on again but hopefully it's in a better time when you're telling us about all the wonderful innovative things that you've come up
0: with yeah happy to yeah thank you Visit www.epiceducation.com for resources that will help you to understand and navigate the ever-changing world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We are a company that trains and transforms with innovative in-person and online equity workshops that support school districts and leaders to build capacity to carry on this work internally. Now go out and have an epic day!